Welcome to Lambs to Lions. You're listening to the weekly podcast with Pastor Matt Funk. So the question is, the topic for today's uh, message is, can the Great Commission count on you to go? We are all called to the Great Commission, every one of us, and each of us has a unique role to play in it. So you might be thinking, I know I did, well, what does that look like for me? What's my role in all of this? What, what can I do, right? What is my part in the Great Commission? What is my calling in all of this? Who am I and what can I do? So it brings us to our first point. Number one, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. God made you in his image. And when he made you, he put something intricate and wonderful inside of you. Psalm 139.14 says you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Every single child of God Every one of us has a calling in our life. We all have a calling in our life. God created us for a purpose, right? And with that calling comes unique gifts to accomplish it. I think that's one of your fill in the blanks. Each one of us has a unique gift to accomplish our calling. He gave you a gift to benefit the world around you. Or your circle of influence. You know, when I hear that scripture where he says, go out into all the world and, and preach the gospel. Some of us are called to go out into the whole world. But some of us are not. We're, but we can take that world, the, the term world, or the world world, as our world of influence, our world, the people that are around us, our communities, our families, our workplaces, our church, right? Our world of influence. Romans 12, 6 in the NLT version says, In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. No one, on, no one else on this planet can do what you can do. And no one can do it the way that you can do it. You bring a gift to society that no one else brings. And if you don't bring it, gentlemen, it won't be brought. It's up to you to bring that gift. So these gifts are divinely given to us for what? To build his kingdom. We are stewards of these gifts. Therefore, at any given time, we can choose to use them one of three ways. We can use them to build the kingdom. It's one of your fill in the blanks, which is building others' lives. We can use them to build the kingdom. We can use them to build ourselves and our families. Or we can neglect them. We can just sit on them and do nothing. But the gifts are in there. They are in there. God gave them to you. Albert Einstein said this, everybody is a genius. So I ask you, what is your genius? That's good. Eh? I like that. So the question then came to me, how do I figure out or discover what my gifts are? How do I do that? Galatians uh, verse six, uh, chapter 6, verse 4 in the message version says, make a careful exploration of who you are and the work you have been given. 
So there aren't any formulas that will help you discover the gifts in your calling. But there are many resources available that can help you discover what you're good at. And a really good example of that is serving at your church. There's a lot of areas in the church where you can serve, an area of interest for you, where you can go through the process of discovering, is this, is this something that I'm good at doing? Do I like doing this? Do I have a passion for this? So there's lots of opportunities right here at College Street Victory Church, right? But when it comes to making an internal impact, you need God to help you discover your gifts and calling. You need him. And the number one way to discover your gifts is to seek God diligently. Hebrews 11.6 says it this way, But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Not casually seeking him in wonder and doubt. Diligently. I looked up the word diligent, the definition. Characterized by steady, earnest, and energetic effort. And then the word in all, what we used to call it capitals, they call it uppercase now, right? Painstaking. Have you ever sought God and it was painstaking? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, I mean, just given everything you've got and seeking him. In Matthew 7, Jesus said, ask and it will be given to you. Ask, seek, and you will find, knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be opened. Just asking God, seeking him. Lord, what are my gifts? He was going to show you. Another way to discover your gifts is to ask yourself, what are the things that I like to do? Right? What are you naturally good at? Identify the skills that create passion inside you. Think about something you can do that you could do for hours and say, I would do this whether I was paid or not. When I came to this part, it's really, for me, this has triggered something in me as far as reevaluating, looking at what am I passionate about. And uh, yeah, it's, it's taken me down a little bit of a new journey here in that. What, it, what am I passionate about? What, to discover my gifts and what I'm supposed to be doing in my calling. Walt Disney said it like this. First, find something you like to do so much you'd be gladly do, you would gladly do it for nothing. Then learn to do it so well, people are happy to pay you for it. Right? That's really awesome. So, now that I know my gifts, or I'm on my way of discovering my gifts, what do I do next? 1 Timothy 4, in the Amplified Classic Version, in four, uh, verses 14 to 15, says, Do not neglect the gift which is in you. Don't neglect it. And we talked about that's one of, the, one of the things that you could choose to do with it. That special inward endowment, which was directly imparted to you by the Holy Spirit, by prophetic utterance when the elders laid their hands upon you at your ordination. Practice and cultivate and meditate upon these duties. There's your hints. Throw yourself wholly into them as your ministry so that your progress may be evident to everybody. Practice, cultivate, throw yourself wholly into them. Ask yourself this question, is my life filled with passion and purpose or does it seem uneventful and uninspiring? 
I know I was in that place, uneventful and uninspiring. My life had no passion. That was, that was before Jesus. And I actually went through that even in, 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 uh, in the years of walking with the Lord. There's been times where I've, where I've been in that place. I think we can all relate to that. If you lack passion, it could be because you've never developed and built a reality around the destiny powers or gifts that are in you. This is a fill in the blank. If you lack passion, it could be because you've never developed and built a reality around the destiny powers or gifts that are in you. Right? The very existence of those gifts is proof that you have a responsibility to develop them. In Deuteronomy, God told us, you choose. I put before you life and death, blessing and cursing. You choose. We have a choice. It's up to us to choose in in the context of what we're talking about today to develop, to discover and develop those gifts that God has given us. Galatians uh, chapter 6, verse 5 in the message version says, each of you must take responsibility for doing the creative best you can with your own life. It's even scriptural. It's in the scriptures to tell us that we have to take responsibility for this, right? God has given each of us the potential to build our own life, which helps build his kingdom. Your gift is evidence that God knows the world needs you. The unimaginable potential he has put inside of you. It's his desire. It's God's desire for you to discover and develop the unique set of abilities and talents that he has given you. It's his desire for you to to discover them and develop them. He wants that more than you do. You know? Um, And the reason for that is because in them resides the passion, the potency, and pleasure through which you can enjoy a rich and rewarded life. It's the way he designed us. It's the way he made us. If you want to live life intentionally, you must become purposeful about discovering your God-given gift and calling. Don't be a spectator. Don't be a bench warmer. Sitting back, watching other people use their abilities to serve the world and at the same time improve the quality of their own life. So you're watching people, right, serving the world, and their lives are improving, and you're sitting on the bench going, whoa, 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 it was me. You know, we've all done that, the old pity party thing. I know I've been there, right? But God says, no, you know, take responsibility, discover these things I have put in you, develop them, and you will live a life that is rich and rewarding. You will live a full life with purpose and meaning. If you neglect your gift, you'll live a frustrated life. A frustrated life is watching other people succeed while you go nowhere fast. However, when your gift is awakened, you will begin to discover what you were called to do. You will begin to discover your purpose. But remember, we are stewards of the gifts, and we are the ones who choose what we do with them. So that brings us to our second point. It's up to you. You were born on purpose, with a purpose, for a purpose. Psalm 139.16 in the NLT version says, You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. 
Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. He knew you before he made anything. That's hard for the mind to get a hold of, but he knew you. He had a plan for you. He knew exactly what he had a desire for you to do in his kingdom purposes. God designed things for you to do before you were born. So I want to take a look at a scripture, Ephesians 2, verses 8 to 10. We all know this scripture. It's a well-known verse. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Okay, so it's very clear the focus of verse 8 and 9 is the grace of God. We are saved by grace, and it is a gift. However, the next verse, verse 10, has generally has been overlooked. Verse 10 says this, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. These are some key words here. The next word after the ninth verse is for. This is a conjunction. You remember that when you were a kid? Some of us older guys remember, conjunction, conjunction, what's your function? You remember that? The cartoons brought me back to that. Okay, so a conjunction. (laughs) Anyone remember that? Yeah, Yeah, Saturday morning cartoons, that's before you had 24-7 cartoons, right? We had 12 channels, and you had to turn the dial to get the station changed, right? Back in the day. Back in the day. Yeah. Yeah, we had 12. Well, we, were, we were spoiled. <laughs> and color. <laughs> right? Okay, so a junction, the, the word for is a conjunction which joins the two statements together. So in other words, the beginning of the thought is not complete on its own. So the word for means because of this. Right? It's when, it reminds me of when you see the word therefore in the Bible, go back a few verses to see what it's there for, right? Because it's saying, because of what I just said, because of this, right? So it's really important to do that. So when we're reading this particular portion of Scripture, verse 10 should not be left out. Left out. Otherwise, you don't get the complete meaning of what is being said here. What is being said here? Verse 10 says that we are his workmanship or his handiwork created for a purpose. So in essence, these three verses, Paul is saying we are saved by grace to first be someone, a child of God. And we are equally empowered by that same grace to do something. Even though it's God's deepest desire that we fulfill his plans for our life, it is not guaranteed that we will. Okay? Notice in Ephesians 2.10 that it says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. It doesn't say that we would walk in them. He says we should walk in them. He wants us, but it's up to us to decide. It's all up to us. He also says here that he created us for good works, which he prepared beforehand. 
God has already planned out our calling, or you could say our assignment. He's already planned it out. He has an assignment for each and every one of us, and it's all laid out and planned for us. However, it is absolutely impossible for us to complete our assignment in our own ability. Okay? So that brings us to number three, the point, point number three. God's super and my natural. You know, I, I've heard that when I first got born again. <clears throat> I, I don't remember who, who said it, but I heard that, and it stuck with me. God's super and my natural. And then we started coming to College Street Victory Church. Who says that here all the time? Pastor Matt. Says it all the time, right? (laughs) I love that statement. It's important for us to understand that biblical grace is not only God's gift of salvation. Grace means um, favor of God. But it's his empowerment for our lives. That's a fill in the blank. It's important to understand that biblical grace is not only God's gift of salvation, but his empowerment for our lives. 2 Corinthians 12, verses 8 to 9, says, Three times I prayed to the Lord about this. So he's talking about the thorn in his flesh. This is where uh, the Apostle Paul was was seeking God about the thorn in the flesh. And he asked him to take it away. But his answer was, My grace is all you need, for my power is greatest when you are weak. My power is greatest when you are weak. So there's no gray area here to me. God directly refers to his grace as being his empowerment, right? His ability, his power, his willingness to get involved. The word weak in this verse means inability. Here the Lord declares to Paul and to you and to me, my empowerment or my grace is optimized or made perfect in situations that are beyond your natural ability. So that brings me to the close of this today, which is the Great Commission. Can God count on you? The Great Commission is this, and it's in Matthew 28, 18, 20, which is the mission of College Street Victory Church. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of this age. Jesus said, he will always be with us. He's always with us. Psalm 16, 8 says, I know the Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken, for he is right beside me. Hebrews 13, 5 says, For he himself has said, he himself has said this, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I never pray God be with me. I don't pray that prayer. Because his word said he'll never leave me or forsake me. He's always with me. So why would I say God be with me today? Because if that gives a risk of if something happens and you're thinking you'd have asked him to be with you, And then maybe you might start thinking, why weren't you with me today, Lord? No, he says right here, he'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. Never. So thank him, God. I thank you that in the midst of this crisis, in the midst of this situation, whatever it is, thank him, Lord, that you are right here with me. It might not feel like it, but we aren't moved by what we feel. The Bible says, don't look at the things that are seen, the things that are not seen. Things that are seen are temporary. 
No one believed. That's what faith is, believing God's word. He said that, I believe it. I, don't, I am not going to be moved by anything going on around me. Right? And we come to that place by meditating in his word day and night. Joshua 1.8. What did he say to Joshua before he led Israel across the river? Meditated. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth, but meditate in it day and night that you may do according to all that is written in it. Not some of it, all of it, right? For then, these are key words, guys, when you're reading the word. For then you will make your prosperous and then you will have good success, right? Come on, thank you, Lord Jesus. It is so important. Denny, that's why your experience in life is changing for you because you are putting the word of God first place in your life every morning, getting up, getting that word in you, feeding your spirit. The Bible, Jesus told us that his word was spirit. It's, it's life. It's feeds your spirit, man. The same as we need to feed this body with food. Well, Jesus said that his word is our spiritual food, and we need to feed our spirit, man, every day. The food you ate, your dinner you ate two days ago, you could think about that food and maybe even salivate a little bit, but it's not going to nourish your body today. The word from yesterday will not nourish your spirit today. Now, it's good to memorize it, get it in there, but you need to feed your spirit every single day. God has given you everything you need to fulfill your calling. Everything. He has given you his grace, his favor, his empowerment. Right? We talked about that. His name, the name above every name. Every name has to bow its knee to the name of Jesus. Remember that. There's power in the name of Jesus. His blood. He's given us his authority. He's given us authority to trample on serpents and snakes and over every, the power of the enemy will not harm us. Luke 10, 9. He's given us his armor. He's given us his angels. Psalm 103. Get your angels working, guys. They are commanded to heed to the voice of God. Who's the voice of God in this world right now? We are. We're the ones. So when we're speaking God's word out of our mouths, our angels are activated. Now, there's a lot of angels in some Christian homes that are sitting back on EI. They're not doing anything, right? Let's get your angels to work, man. Put them to work. They're there for you. They were given to us to serve us. Put them to work. They heed the voice of God. Get God's word into your spirit and out of your mouth. Out of their hearts will flow rivers of living water. He has given you all of these things to what? To go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. So man, I ask you, God asks you, can the Great Commission count on you? So the takeaway It's God's grace that empowers me to go beyond my natural ability to fulfill the calling of my life. I'll say it again. It's God's grace that empowers me to go beyond my natural ability to fulfill the calling of my life. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for the unique gifts and calling that you have given each and every one of us to fulfill our part of the Great Commission. 
Place in our hearts a desire to diligently seek you in the discovery of these gifts. In Jesus' name, I ask that you would bring us to the resources and the people we will need to develop our gifts. And Father, in the name of Jesus, I declare that no weapon formed against us will prosper. For we are the righteousness of God in Christ. I declare that no evil will befall us today or in the future. No plague shall come near us, nor our dwelling or our families. For you, Lord, have given your angels charge over us, and they keep us in all our ways. And in our pathway is life. In our pathway is health, healing, and wholeness. And we thank you for it, O Lord. We will go into the world and make disciples. And in the name of Jesus, we will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. We will cast out demons, and they will be cast out. Lord, you said you will confirm your word through miraculous signs and wonders, and we believe and receive it, and we thank you for it. We thank you that when we go out, you go with us. We praise you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. We pray this all in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for tuning in today, and thank you for continuing to partner with us and for giving so generously to this ministry. If you would like to find out more about how you can partner with us, visit our website at www.wherepeoplematter.church and click the giving link. And don't forget to subscribe and share this with your friends. See you next time.